Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brushheed podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the reality of hell. Now, we know everything in this world uh, has a consequence. Every action we uh, undertake leads to a result. Uh, sometimes we wish the outcome of our actions aren't what they really are. So we want freedom. We, we hope to achieve a freedom without consequence. A freedom that's derived from humane desires. You know, wanting to be rich, having a nice car, a nice house, and all these materialistic influences that, uh, you know, o- overtake our our life, our lifestyle. So we worry about the present and what the present has to offer us, rather than what's to come later on. And we read in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse ten, it says. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. So here we see, here we see in this um, Bible passage that uh, if 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 you live a life, you know, wanting to always achieve uh, monetary monetary value um, and anything that's you know of of currency materialistic uh, yeah any materialistic uh influence there seems to be you know there seems to be a lack of you know and a lack of abundant love or something yeah so i think um the world is so focused on you know the materialistic lifestyle as you said and as you read from ecclesiastes um he who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver nor he who loves abundance so when we're so focused on you know this world and what it has to give we forget about what's after this world because you know let's say we live i'll give you the benefit of the doubt 100 years and that's very hard to achieve yep. um, but let's say we live 80 to 100 years that's nothing compared to an eternity and that's what people forget it sounds um while saying it, it sounds ridiculous like how could you forget about eternity but worry so much but it's just within us it's in, in our human nature we worry too much about this earth and what it has to offer us. Um, and something that comes from this worry or um, this focus on this materialistic earth is wanting a freedom or an earthly freedom. Now, the problem with this, as you mentioned, is this freedom is derived from our human desires and our human worries and our human satisfaction with these um, materialistic um, lifestyle. But the freedom that we derive um, that we derive from this earth is actually not freedom. Um, like I, I th- believe I mentioned in the previous podcast, um, the freedom that the world has created is actually slavery. Now that might sound ridiculous, but the freedom that is derived from our human desires is actually slavery to those desires. We're enslaved to these desires so much that we forget about what's going to happen to us after we pass away from this earth. Um, so this isn't the freedom that uh, we should all accept or look forward to because it's it's like I said it's not freedom it's slavery um, and Saint Paul says um, when we are enslaved to our own desires when we are enslaved to our own sin we are like we let go of our faith and um, that's not the freedom that you know the correct freedom the one that's derived from the earth the correct freedom is comes from the truth the truth which comes from god 
And that is the truth which sets, which sets, us, sets us free. And that's the truth of the afterlife. Um, so although uh, we know that there are people that don't trust in God or don't want anything to do with Him, that's why they, they accept this earthly freedom. Um, they even despise Him. You know, some people, you know, they think of God as, oh, I have to believe in someone. I have to follow His rules. Um, I have to do what the Bible teaches me. It's so, you know, it contains me so much. Like I can't do anything else. But in reality, the truth that God gives us or the presence of being with God is what sets us free, what makes us free. It makes us comfortable knowing that um, we have that afterlife. We have that future, an everlasting future after these 70, 80, 90, 100 years. Um, and because God is loving, he won't force anyone into his presence. God won't force anyone to... Um, you know, to be with him, because um, as Andrew said many times, um, if if God forces his love, is that truly love? Um, and that's the question. Um, if God was to force us to be Christians, or if God was to, to force us to accept his truth and to force us to follow what he says, that's not love. And that's not freedom. That's not free will. But that's not uh, the case. And um, when we do accept this truth, then we know that there's an afterlife. And um, the afterlife is a consequence of our actions or our lives on this earth. And a very realistic, like you said at the start, realistic possibility or outcome of our actions, if we choose to live away from the light of the gospel, if we choose to live away from the presence of God, if we choose to live in the freedom that the earth creates, a very realistic outcome of that lifestyle is hell. That's right. Yeah. And usually like our idea, our idea of hell is like the one in Simpsons where you see the devil with the horns pitchfork. and he's got his pitchfork <coughs> there and he's burning everyone in his life. Tom and Jerry where there's an angel and there's a devil <laughs> on yeah. one side. Um, but I guess that's based on some truth, but it's not the complete truth. Yeah. The concept of hell isn't something new that we that has come up in Christianity. Like everybody throughout history has understood that if you do evil, you require you require punishment. Yeah, it's, it's just not justice. Yeah, it's not That's something right. new yeah. or something that just popped up. Mm -hmm. um, it's something, as you said, ancient. So then when we go to the place, when we talk about hell, the word hell comes from a Proto-Germanic word, meaning hellier, which means a concealed place. So it's a concealed place away from anybody else. Yep. Um, and that's where, like we talk about, we have in our modern prison system, if you commit a crime, you do something wrong, you're taken away from the good society. So you don't, so they can go on with their lives and be in peace and that evil doesn't corrupt anything else. Okay. And hell and Christianity follows a similar concept as well. It's a concealed place in which people are separated from God in the afterlife. Um, because God is ultimate good. If you don't accept that good and you desire to do evil and you do commit sin and evil, then you are concealed from everybody else. Um, and this and all comes from that freedom. Yeah. Um, why would God force you to be in his presence if you don't love him? Or why would God right. force his love on you mm -hmm. if you don't want that love? Yeah. And that's why um, we are separated. Oh, whoever goes to hell is you know, separated. That, yeah, that you have the option. It's either you choose God or you don't. Because yeah. like you said, if you make a robot and you program it to love you, then does it actually love you? Yeah. Like that's that's not love. If you... If you put a gun to someone and say, love me, 
that's not love. That's You're not forcing that's yeah. fear. And that's why God creates the possibility of people wanting to choose him and people wanting to reject him. Yeah. It's not that he creates, he makes them to do that, but it's their free will, like yeah. we talked about. Um, but to to fully encompass hell, the true definition would be eternal separation from God. Yeah. Because we know after this life there is eternal life, because although our universe is finite, yeah. it has a limit, it's um it's within time. Our souls are not because we were created with yeah. God in the Garden of Eden. We were created to be timeless, but when man fell away, when man fell um, and ate from the tree, yeah. God said, you will die. Yeah. You will truly die one day and you will turn to dust. So, And um, it's really simple. Like if you have faith, your faith comes with that desire to always be with God. If you don't have faith, you don't want to be with God. You know, uh, we see this world is revolving around, you know, a godless society where yep. Um, we want to remove God from the equation. And that's where that human created definition of freedom comes from. Um, and it's all comes down to choice. I mean, if you want to be with God, then you will be with God eternally in the afterlife through your faith. Um, and if you don't want to be with God, then you will be eternally separated from God. Or like the German word says, Halio, a concealed place, concealed from God. Um, concealed from a relationship with God, concealed from the glory of God. Because um, it was our choice. Again, exactly. it's not up to God doesn't decide who goes to um, heaven or hell. Like yeah. many people think predestination or yeah. it's written yeah. on your forehead that this is going to happen or, and think. Yeah, or Calvinists say yeah. um, God is God chooses. There's a switch on human beings yeah. when he creates a human being that's on heaven switch the other yeah, human being yeah. will be on hell and switch. nothing you do but that's that's as far from reality as we'll it is we'll talk about it in another yeah. episode about um, predestination but hell also isn't just separation from god i think it's like the bible teaches it's punishment for it's all destruction. that of sin. that's right it's destruction because a soul without its creator or a creation without its creator is like a father is like a son not having a father yeah. or a daughter yeah. not having a mother and what happens to the boy without a father or mother, if they're not taken care of, they're destroyed. Yep. Same with the soul. Um, so that separation from God is a punishment because of our actions on earth. But the Bible teaches us what type of punishments yep. this is. And yep. this is, this is look, the reason why we're speaking about this is not to scare anyone. There's no such thing as um, fear, fearing God, as in like, oh, I'm so scared. What if yeah. I go hell? That's not the point of why we're you know, talking about this. The point is that I can say with confidence, many people have forgotten, not forgotten, but many people have taken out of their minds. It's not on our minds constantly yeah. that one day we're going to die. Like people say, I live my day, I live my life like tomorrow I'm going to die. But in reality, we don't because we always have that hope that we're going to wake up tomorrow. Like okay. we go to sleep thinking that we're going to wake like up. Like we plan, yeah. okay, next week I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then in 10 years time, I want to get married. I want to have kids. And then 10 years later, yeah. I want to have a mansion and I want to mm. have yeah. my own company. But the the thing that is the most important to think about is your eternity. That's right. Yeah. Um, as humans, we work towards this eternity. Um, we Sorry, not work. We live towards this eternity. Yeah. Um, and it's always important to have that in our minds. What's going to happen to me when I die? Was mm -hmm. I faithful? Was I a faithful servant of the Lord? Or did I choose not to be in the presence of the Lord? Do I want to be with the Lord forever, eternally? Or do I want to be separated from the Lord eternally? And remember, 
it's not God, it's all our choice. That's so right. we'll read some examples from the Bible. Um, Shane, if you can read yep. Thessalonians. So um, from Second Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. So you know, we obviously see in this, in this um, verse, you know, no matter what Hollywood teaches us with these you know, pitchforks and, and red wings and horns and all that, or even tradition, you know, you might heard from your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's the Satan has these horns and yeah. um, a, a three-headed tail with yeah. a pitchfork, and he runs around hell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, that's that, that's all just like a sort of like a cover-up. The real thing is, you know, the, like the importance of of this um, Bible passage is that there is eternal suffering from the Lord and His glory. You know, and that's the, that is the destruction of the soul. Because, because of uh, because of this freedom that we have on earth, you know, the people who pull away from God, pull away from His love, you know, they're the ones that will have to, you know, live with this eternal, eternal destruction of the soul. And yeah, that that again comes as a result of you know being like separating yourself from the love of God. So if you look, if you separate yourself from God, the ultimate source of good. Yeah. Then yeah. you're going to be eternally separated from God in the afterlife, because, like Andrew said, the afterlife is timeless. So there's no, oh, um, we go to hell and then I don't like it anymore, or it's too hot in here, or. Or people say, if you go when you go to hell, if you feel sorry, can you get out? Mm. No. Yeah. It's it's that's You've just got not eighty the case years, here. and I believe eighty years is a very yeah, long human time. life yeah. to turn. And mm -hmm. remember. God won't say for 70 years you were against me and for the last 10 years now that you know your time is near mm -hmm. you want to come back to me no go away yeah that's not how God is no God's love is um, unconditional it's got no boundaries it's got no limits it's got no exclusions it's got no um, it's got no terms and conditions you know you don't have God's love and then at the bottom footnotes it says but yeah. doesn't know yeah, yeah I mean in um I believe it's second Timothy or it's yeah i believe it's in second timothy it says uh the god's desire is for all men to be saved right. and to have knowledge of the mm -hmm. truth yeah so that doesn't mean um everyone will be saved it just means god wants everyone yeah, to be exactly. saved yeah. but god isn't going to force that on us if we don't want to be with god why would we want to go to heaven that's oh. the real question to ask and if we're not in heaven like second thessalonians say um we will be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. So we are separated from the Lord. We are separated from his glory, the glory that um, the glory of his resurrection. We're separated from that. And that's the destruction of our souls. Um, and we read more about this, um, this destruction and this um, the punishment of hell in Matthew 13. If you want to read it for us, Andrew. Yeah, so Jesus is he's giving a parable out to the people. Um, He's likening it to like he always does with a farmer and planting seeds and wheat. And he, he starts the parable off, but I'm just going to read a short part from it. He says, Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out his kingdom, all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Amen. It's a very, he shows two sides. Yeah. The angels go out at the coming of the son of man. And we know Jesus refers to himself as the son of man. 
because it was prophesied in the book of Daniel. And maybe that's something we can explain later on yeah. why Jesus calls himself the son of man. Um, but the workers like in a farm, he always refers to like the good servants um, either as um, good good wheat or weeds. Yep. And as plants. The, that's right. Which and produce in, fruits. And in this case, the angels go out and they collect the good ones and they shine forth in the kingdom of God. And they collect the bad ones that practice lawlessness instead of sin. Um, and they're thrown in the furnace of fire. But when we talk about this sin, and which is whoever sins is deserving of hell. Yep. And for everybody has sinned. For yep. all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, the question then comes, if we've all sinned, who's going to hell and who's going to heaven? Yeah, and we'll speak about that um a bit later on in this podcast episode but um, I think I just want to touch on one important thing that I you know saw in this verse um, in verse 41 of Matthew 13 it says the son of man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness mm -hmm. um, unless you're living under a rock um, we can see that in society the further and further we go with time the more we lean towards a Marxist society or, you know, um, removing freedom, removing law out of um, society. Um, this is this is a problem because, yeah. as Marmilis has mentioned many times in his um, episode with with us on priesthood, um, God created everything with a system. God created everything with order. God created everything with law and he provided them to us. He did not force them, force them upon us, like we've been saying. He provided them to us. But this law, this order, this system is what allows us to choose. Do we want to be with God or do we not want to be with God? And unfortunately, when we remove God out of the situation, what do you get? Lawlessness. You get no order. You get no system. And those who do practice lawlessness will be cast out of the kingdom of heaven because you choose to be away from God. You choose to not have order. You choose to not have law. You choose to live with your freedom, which is actually slavery mm -hmm. to your own desires. Um, but this should not this should not be, you know, a stumbling block or something that Christians should fear. Um, because now we're going to talk about who is going to hell. Um, we'll explain, you know, if we're all Christians, then who goes to hell? Um, so exactly, yeah. So um, as we've you know mentioned quite a bit uh, throughout this um, episode, God planned salvation for everyone. You know, in Second Peter chapter three verse nine, it says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." So you know we see here that you know God gave mankind free will. Um, free will to do good but then you know because it's free will there is a, a chance of you know doing bad so some people reject God because of this um, as a result of this free will and they reject his truth as well when there's freedom there's always a consequence exactly because um, freedom allows or provides choice and as humans some might not always choose the correct choice some will choose the wrong choice and because God is a just God, every choice we make has a consequence or has, um, you know, it's like an equation. You do this, 
the result is this. So this is, as you mentioned. Yeah, and um, again, it's most times it's, um, it's a repercussion of this idea of, you know, moral individualism where you do things to please yourself, not thinking about a bigger picture. And the bigger picture in this case is eternal suffering. And where does this all come from? Thinking about doing some stuff to please ourselves. It all comes from lawlessness. Um, it all comes from not thinking about someone created me. Um, there was this, Andrew, if you can remind me, someone who said um, there are two possibilities. Oh, yeah. If there is a God, yeah. um, that's scary because yeah. he's going to judge us in the end. If there isn't, it's scary too. I think he said um, if there isn't a God, yeah. it's scary because eventually the world will you know, spiral into the sun. Oh, yeah, there will it be was, ultimate um, destruction. And if there is a God, that's scary as well, because if we do not know who God is, mm-hmm. we have to know him and know what he wants from us. Yeah. And what does he want from us? It says it in 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that anyone should perish. That's his will. Here's the thing, but that all should come to repentance. Yep. If all should repent, then all have sinned. Yep. So we're all in a fallen state. We all need to repent and turn to God. We all need to turn to, like we've talked about before, we need to turn to Jesus and have faith in Him because He takes us out of that hell, yeah. that that destruction that we're destined. Because we are unworthy, but Jesus makes us yeah. worthy. Um, and this is where we get to the question where some may ask, okay, it's saying that God loves everyone. God doesn't want anyone to perish. But yeah. why does He send people to hell? You know, if heaven is this place with, you know, fairies and unicorns and cotton yeah. candy, um, as some may perceive it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. why? Why Why is there a place called hell? Um, if God truly does love everyone and doesn't want anyone to perish, why is there a place called hell? I think Andrew mentioned There's, repentance. Yeah. There's also the story where, oh, if you just don't hurt anybody, God is merciful and he's going to forgive you. You don't have to believe in God. That's if you're right, a good yeah. person. Yeah. yeah. You can, you know, join the merry-go-round in heaven. That's right. And then w- the question has to come, what does it mean to be good? Mm. And from God's definition, good is moral, like being put. It's moral. God is being perfect. Yeah. It's moral, moral completeness. Yeah. Perfection, complete yeah. perfection. And in front of God's eyes and in his law, no one is perfect because we've yeah. all sinned. If we take Jesus out of the equation, we're all doomed. That's right. Because um, Jesus is the perfecter. Mm-hmm. Jesus makes us worthy. So let's talk about this. So God's, if people ask, if God loves everyone, why does he send people to hell? It's simple. God is a just God. He gives everyone what they deserve. There's no, um, you know, oh, I like this person. You know, mm-hmm. um, he, he's been serving me for a long time. Don't worry, I'll let this slide. God is a just God. He's a God of completeness. His justice system is perfect, as we mentioned in Faith versus Works episode. If you guys want to check that out, um, we speak about the righteous judgment yeah. of God. And But God is a just God and he gives everyone what we deserve. But hang on. Andrew said that all who have sinned are deserved of death. So technically, we all deserve to go to de- hell, right? That's right, we do. Yeah. But this is where we need to understand. Where the good news comes in. Yes, the very good news. Although we didn't deserve salvation, Jesus dies for us so we can be made worthy of being in the presence of God. And anyone who believes, confesses, and in ba- and baptizes will be in the presence of God. And this is the importance of you know the event of Christ's death and resurrection. Because 
Without Christ, as I mentioned, we all sinned. We have all That's fallen right. short. Of course. Romans yep. 6.23 says, For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We all sinned. And our wage is eternal death. Our wage is not to be in the presence of the Lord. But Christ died. He poured his blood. Through his death, he received all our punishment for our sins. And through his resurrection, we are raised up with him on the final day as well. If we have the faith that he did do this and we confess it and we live our lives according to this faith, we will be in the presence of the Lord. But if we are not, because basically Jesus, what he did is, as Andrew said, took our sins and redeemed us. He makes us worthy, makes us clean in front of God. But if we don't have Jesus, then who do we have to make us worthy? No one. No one. If we choose to live a life outside of God, outside of Jesus, outside of um, the faith in Christ, then we receive the punishment for our error, sin, which is death. And it's not like uh, you've done one sin. Oh, I'm going to hell. No, it's that slavery, you know, being so attached to our desires that we forget about what comes after and we're enslaved in this sin. That's why as well, because we've sinned, we can't come and stand in front of God and say, Oh God, like, you know, I sinned, but it's okay now. Can you figure me? Yeah. Like those Thailand markets how you go <laughs> and reduce <laughs> the price. Like we see some religions, they say, Oh, just pray for forgiveness and God is merciful, mm. we'll forgive you. But when you say that, then no one's getting the judgment. Mm. And that's an unjust God. Mm-hmm. But God is, was just that He put He took our punishment and He poured it all on Jesus Christ so that we may we may be made righteous yep. in front of him and that we may have eternal life exactly and if people you and you got to trust in that that's the important thing you got to trust in him and say jesus you did this i accept that you're my lord i follow you like you said you live that life yeah um and if someone isn't willing to do that then that's their choice they're not wanting to follow god yep. and god isn't going to force them into his presence exactly. and that's the beauty of the comparison of jesus as the ultimate sacrifice yeah. Because as we saw leading up to Jesus um, in Jewish tradition, you know, they'd bring a clean lamb, a young lamb, and they would sacrifice that lamb for the forgiveness of sins of many. But uh, as we read in um, our church books, it says um, God had enough of this because what they would do is it was like a, um, it was like, what do you call it? Like Like a tally tally system. So um, if you cut the lamb, God gets his uh, whiteboard eraser and wipes out. But the more you sin, he gets his whiteboard marker and starts counting your sins. And then when you sacrifice the lamb, you wipe it out. But no, God had enough and he sent his own ultimate sacrifice, the unblemished lamb with no mistake. He was complete man, no sin. Some people will tell you otherwise. Some people will tell you, no, he was a human. He must have, you know, surely he did something wrong. No, he was unique. Um, he was the perfect human being. And that's why he was made the sacrifice because someone that had sin cannot take the sin of others. Mm -hmm. Someone that had an error cannot take the error of others. But someone who is perfect, unblamed, can take the sins of others. And Jesus was this perfect, unblemished sacrifice. He sacrificed himself um, for many. And he says, for there is no greater love than for what for a man to lay down his life for his friends. And his friends are everyone who has faith in Jesus Christ. And that's why hell shouldn't be scary for believers. Um, hell shouldn't be something where, oh, I'm scared. What if I go to hell? It should. You should actually be confident. I think there's a verse which says um, all Christians are, you know, confident. Um, 
at the end time because they know that you know in the rapture Christ will come down and lift us with him to heaven many so we shouldn't of, be scared many of the letters that John wrote he says I write this to you to assure you of the life that you have in Jesus Christ because we're assured that salvation when we trust in him because like we read from second Peter the Lord is not slack concerning his promise when he makes a promise when he makes a covenant it sticks with us forever just like he kept it with the children of Israel he sorry that he kept with Abraham he said your seed will go over all over the earth you will have thousands of descendants and he did and not just that we are all his descendants we are all the children of God through Abraham because of Jesus Christ we are the new we are because Jesus Christ is Abraham's seed and we are born of Jesus again yep. we become the seed of Abraham yep. and he fulfilled his promise with him Saint Paul says um, to you know clarify it to the Jews who were very you know stern mm. he said to them you're not the only sons of Abraham whoever is baptized and is the son of the Lord is the son of Abraham yeah. um, so let's summarize this all if you are a faithful Christian has faith in the Lord and lives your life according to this faith there's nothing to be scared about there's you if you like Andrew said if you read all the epistles it's all you know um, as we say in Assyrian yeah, well, it's, libba, yeah, or it's, like, it's like a reassurance reassurance basically. do not be afraid um, and we see Christ is that reassuring figure you know when he when the angel Gabriel uh, um, came to Mary he said do not be afraid you know yep. it's always you know reassuring yeah so um, we must be confident and reassure ourselves reassure others if you're faithful do not be worried the true people that need to be scared and you know wake up are those who are not in the faith are those who have not you know who have either not found Christ or who have rejected Christ um, they're the ones that need to be scared and we as Christians have that responsibility to go out there and wake people up you know mm. not wake people up um, because of hatred not wake people up um, to tell them they're you know oh you're wrong and you know offend them and make them yeah, feel more course, guilty yeah. we need to wake them up and say look these 80 years that you're working for you're going to go down six feet under the grave under the floor whether you're a rich man or a poor man you both get the same ending no matter how many houses you have i can assure you there's no shipping service to heaven yep. or the afterlife your house isn't going to get shipped to heaven or your cars aren't going to get shipped to heaven or your money isn't going to get shipped to heaven I know it's good to have these things it's a blessing from God I mean if you're wealthy that's a blessing from God um, but we shouldn't you know put our minds to this earth because there is a reality I'm not going to say a concept it's a reality after we die do we want to be in the presence of God or do you want to be separated from God which is the ultimate I think for those that are listening and you're not sure um, examine yourself have see what the Bible says maybe go back and listen to faith and works episode 2 because that describes what Jesus has done for us and how we can trust in him and get that reassurance yep. um, and it's important to have that reassurance because once you have that you can further grow in Jesus Christ you become a stronger Christian and you can spread that message like you said it's our responsibility exactly we are the workers for God he wants us to go and spread this message because it's a life-giving message and it'd be selfish if we didn't exactly and um, another concept which we'll talk about in a later episode is the concept of I can sin and pray um, the next day so I'll say all right it's okay I'll steal today I'll ask for forgiveness tomorrow or um, I'll go and lie to my friends it's Saturday tomorrow I'm going to church and I'll be forgiven um, we'll talk about this in a later episode yeah. but to conclude 
If you're a faithful servant of Christ, you need to be confident. If you're unsure, you can always speak to anyone. You can email um, us. You can Send speak to your local priest. You can. Um, there's a lot of sources. You can watch our Faith vs. Works episode. You can read the Bible. Um, and, you know, for the other half, that need, they need to be woken up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think that brings you know today's episode to an end. Um, please like, share, and subscribe. You know, um, on across all platforms: YouTube, um, Instagram, Facebook, and make sure to give it a listen on Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts, well, and iTunes. Yeah, We're starting to develop, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we we hope that you know this this episode you know brought a bit of insight um, into into the lives of our listeners and and viewers and we hope that um, you guys can share this message across to other people as well um yeah any anything i don't know thank you guys for listening um we'll see you in the next episode thank you